Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Hallelujah. I don't want to take a lot of your time. I feel like I got a word from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Jesus is in this house. Sister Belgar, God bless you. I said it. Thank you, Brother Taylor. I said it. I said it the last time I preached at Landmark, and I will say it openly here tonight. You are a hero of the faith. You are a hero of the faith. This place would not be how it is without you and your husband. And I want to tell you, I owe everything to my ministry, to you and Brother Belgard. You are an amazing person. God bless you for being here. I'm so, I'm so nervous that she's here right now. <laughs> and, and thank you. I love you. And Brother Acock, God bless you. We're so happy that you're here. I'm so honored to call you a brother. You're a friend. And Pollock is going up. Pollock is going up. You hear what I'm telling you right now. You and your father are doing a work for the Lord. And God is going to honor that faith. God is going to honor that work. Jesus is going to be with you. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of... Second Kings. Second Kings chapter eight. I mean chapter two. Verse number eight. Mighty God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Jesus is here to minister tonight. And I feel his help right now. Second Kings chapter 2, verse number 8. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided in two, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass that when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Everyone say a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. It split them apart. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, And he saw him no more. 
And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two. Verse 13, he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted in half, and Elisha went over. This morning, Pastor Beard preached his vision cast message for our church. He preached about CPC doing more. We're going to love more. We're going to serve more. We're going to reach more. And I have the honor to follow up with that message tonight. And this morning we heard that we're being challenged to do more. So tonight I want to preach how to have more. How to have more. Why don't we put our Bibles down and lift up our hands and ask God to minister into this room right now. Jesus, I can't do this without your help. Father, I need the Holy Ghost to minister. I need your presence in this room right now. Move me out the way and let your power and your anointing flow from the back row all the way to the platform. Let the Shekinah glory of God minister into this place tonight. And we're going to give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you clap your hands? Why don't you shout with expectation of what God's about to do in this place tonight? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We can look at how Elisha asked Elijah for a double portion of his spirit to see how we can do more with the opportunities God has given us. This church is an opportunity. The list of ministries that we have, and there are plentiful in this church, they are all opportunities for you to get involved. Our First Steps class that starts next week is the single best opportunity, in my opinion, that this church has, has ever had to give you the path of getting involved at CPC. The first class is next week. I would encourage you to look in these foyers tonight and sign up for it and really get engaged. It only lasts four weeks, but after those four weeks are over, you're going to know more about yourself, you're going to know more about this church, and you're going to feel the direction that God is pulling you to go to. God put me on assignment tonight to preach that if we want a double portion of God's Spirit, we got to take advantage of the opportunities that He has given us. If you need your life changed tonight in this room, I urge you to take advantage of the presence of God that we feel right now. Because if you tap into what we feel right now, your life could be forever changed. You can leave this place differently than the way you came. 
There is an all-consuming power in this room. There is a special anointing that God has placed over CPC. And we would be remiss if we missed out on the opportunity to tap into what we feel. And you say, well, I can't do more for God because I don't have any talents. You might argue that you can't have more of something if you didn't have it to start with. And I will stand behind this pulpit tonight and say that you have a valid point. You cannot do something if you don't already have it. I will agree with you on that. But the flaw in your argument is that you're not saying that to you, to me or to pastor or to any other human being. You're telling that excuse to the God of the universe who is more than able to give you all the tools that you need to step forward in the ministry. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all your dotted I's and your T's crossed. You step into what God's calling you to do and He will give you the rest of what you need. That excuse surely didn't work for Moses. Moses said, God, I can't, I can't lead the nation of Israel. I, I, I can't speak right. I, I have this problem. I, I have this excuse. I have this excuse. The Bible says he went multiple times and said multiple excuses to God. But that didn't work for Moses. So I can tell you with full confidence that it won't work for you and me either. I'm saying this to let you know that even though you don't feel qualified, even though you think there are people that can do it better than you can do it, if you would open up yourself to letting God use you in ministry, He will give you all the help that you need. You can be from the wrong side of the tracks. You can be an ex-drug addict. You can be an ex-alcoholic. But if you would open yourself up to what God is calling you to do, He will give you the anointing that you need. Hallelujah. We can, we can see this in our story. The Bible says, the Bible doesn't say that Elisha was from a pedigree family. You can read it in your Bible. He wasn't someone well known around the world. Elisha wasn't someone that had the fancy last name. Elisha wasn't someone who, who had fathers and grandfathers who were pastors and preachers and church planners. He wasn't that kind of man. All we know is that he was plowing in the field. That young boy, Elisha, all he was doing was plowing in the field. He was working hard. He wasn't looking for any credit. He wasn't looking for any recognition. He was just working hard. Living with his parents on a farm on the backside of a countryside. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that Elisha didn't have a pedigree? You mean to tell me that God used someone who didn't have the fancy last name? You mean to tell me that the most powerful man of God at that time didn't live in a palace? He wasn't even in church, by the way. 
He wasn't even going to church. He was just in a field. Elijah didn't go to the rich side of town to find the successor. Nope. He went to a little farm in the countryside. And God said, that's the one I'm going to use. That's the person that's going to take your place, Elijah. That's the one that I'm going to give a great anointing to. I want to preach to somebody right now. Stop letting the devil make you believe that you can't be used because you weren't raised in church. Stop letting the devil make you believe that you aren't meant for more just because your parents didn't bring you to church. That's a lie from the enemy because God didn't pick anybody else. Brother Rodney, he picked you. He told you, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost and I'm going to use you for my kingdom. That's the reason why you're you're sitting here tonight full of the Holy Ghost. He didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost just so you can occupy space. He didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost just so you can sit on a pew. But He filled you with the Holy Ghost so you can get involved with furthering His kingdom. He brought you to this church to join a first steps class and learn about who you are and learn about what talents and gifts He gave you so you can do something for the kingdom of God. You have the opportunity to leave that old lifestyle behind. Hear me right now. And start walking in the anointing that God is trying to give you. You've been anointed for such a time as this. Don't let the devil make you believe that you aren't worthy enough. Don't let the devil make you believe that you're not good enough. Don't let the devil make you believe that you're not talented enough. Just do what God's calling you to do. And he will give you the rest of what you need. Yesterday, my wife and I went to visit Sister Belgard. Yesterday afternoon, I wanted to talk with her about the heritage of this place. I wanted to know where we came from. I wanted to know what the heritage was. This is a special place, people. CPC is an anointed place. This has always been a place that has developed leaders. This has always been a place that the supernatural has moved throughout our services. This has always been a place where power of where the power of God has flowed and healed and delivered and set free and called preachers and called missionaries and called pastors and called worship leaders. Oh, I have some pictures I want to show you. Sister Cindy, if you could throw up the first picture. Pentecost came to our area in the 1940s by this young lady. Her name was Sister Joyner. She was the first woman. Let me, re- let me reiterate. A woman. She was the first woman to bring the, this apostolic message in this area in the early 1940s. She started preaching this Acts 238 message under an oak tree and she slept in a barn type structure. She didn't even have a brush arbor. All she had was an oak tree. All she had was a little bit of shade and she shook this area with the word of God and God started moving in the veil. God started flowing in this area. 
And then after that, uh, Pastor Henderson and Pastor LaPrairie, they stepped into her place after that uh, in the 1950s. And Brother LaPrairie, he started a brush arbor across the street uh, from the old church building on Bryant Road, uh, right across from us. If you look at where the church is, uh, across the road, there was a pasture, a grass field. And he started a brush arbor right in that grass field in the 1940s. If you can show the next picture. Brother Henderson built this the original Centerpoint Church in the late 1940s. And Centerpoint Pentecostal Church was born. After Brother Henderson, Brother Dunn, took over that church in the late 1950s. And then we get to 1965. Brother Dunn called a man and said, I need you to come preach a revival. In the summer of 1965. Brother Dunn pastored that church and Brother Douglas Belgard went to this church building and preached a revival in 1965. They met there. Sister Belgard was there with her youth group. They met in that church building in the summer of 65. And five years later, Brother and Sister Belgard took over as pastors of Centerpoint Pentecostal Church in June of 1970. And as incredible as that sounds, Brother Beard, I had to ask her. I said, I had to, I just have to know, Sister Belgard, when you took over in June of 1970, how many people were at Centerpoint? How many people did you take over? She said it was 11 people. Eleven people was at Centerpoint Pentecostal Church in June of 1970. If you show the next picture, nobody wanted Centerpoint. Nobody wanted to pastor a little church with eleven people. It was just a little church with a few people. But brother and sister Belgard knew that God had called them to this area to have revival. She told me yesterday that they knocked every door in Center Point three times and they passed out tracks every single door in this city. They knocked three times and they passed out tracks. And they started in this little cinder block building with 11 people. Next picture. They moved into the old church in 1981. And look what happens when you're in the will of God. This looks, a lot, this looks like a lot more than 11 people to me. I'm speaking that over Cottonport right now. You might have six people. But let me tell you something. When you start walking in the anointing of God, God will grow a Church. It might look like six people right now, but you start doing the work of God, and God will grow a church. God is about to bring a harvest, Brother Reeves, to Cottonport like they've never seen before. You're about to shake that community. God's about to shake it up and stir it up, and people are going to get saved. So they moved into that church, 1981, and then into this building that you're sitting in right now. 
They moved into this building in 2007. Next picture. They moved in in 2007. And take a look at what God has done since 2007. Countless miracles. Countless people receiving the Holy Ghost. Countless people being baptized in Jesus' name. I asked her last night, I asked her last night, and we counted out at least nine pastors have come out of their ministry at this church. Many more preachers than that, many more worship leaders than that, many more missionaries. But I, my God, but I said all that to say this, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. God's about to pour out a double portion of his anointing. You ain't seen nothing yet. Elijah was great, but Elisha, there's a double portion that's about to come. I asked Sister Belgard, I said, tell me about the miracles that took place. Tell me about all the things that's happened. Tell me about everything that you, think, that you can think about. Just remind me. Tell me the stories. I want to know. I want to know what they are. And we started talking. Hundreds of people getting the Holy Ghost. She specifically brought up Sister Ann getting the Holy Ghost. Saying it's real. It's real. It's real. Let me tell you something. There's going to be people in a voice parish that walks into this church and says it's real. It's real. It's real. God's about to do something like you've never seen before. Brother Beard, she brought up Sister Ann, and then she brought up Sister Tammy Potmaseel. She said the night Sister Tammy Potmaseel got the Holy Ghost, my God, they had to pick her up. They had to carry her to her car. They had to put her in the car. They had to bring her home. They had to carry her to her bed. And let me tell you something. There's going to be people that comes into this church. You're going to have to carry them to their car because God is about to shake up everything. She told me, she told me in the summer of 1985, hear me right now, in one summer, two months, 60 people received the Holy Ghost at Center Point in two months. Hey, that didn't happen in Africa. It happened right here. Oh, my God. That didn't happen somewhere else. That happened right here. And if that was the single portion of anointing, I wonder what's going to happen when God pours out his double portion of anointing. Sister Belgard said, and one night... One night, she sat on the altar because she had a spider bite on her leg. A spider had bitten her, 
And the church gathered around to pray. And when they prayed over her, and when they let go of that bite, she said that bite immediately disappeared from her leg. It was completely gone. No swelling, no trace of it ever happening. That was Elijah. But what about Elisha? What's going to happen when when the double portion comes to this church? One Sunday morning, she said in this building, she said she looked up on the platform and she said it was hazy. She said it was just a cloud of glory on this platform. In this building, let me tell you, hear me. She said she looked on the platform and she couldn't even see through it. It was just haze. It was the Holy Ghost was so thick in here that she could literally see it. She could see the anointing of God. That was Elijah, ladies and gentlemen. That was the first portion of the anointing but what's gonna happen when the double portion pours out I'll tell you what's going to happen. There's going to be greater preachers that we've ever seen. There's going to be greater worship leaders than we've ever seen. There's going to be a church that's so powerful that nothing can stop it. But if we're going to get there, CPC, we got to push forward. No matter how hard the pushback is, hear me right now. No matter how many spirits come against us, no matter how many times we fail, no matter how many times we fall, if we are in the will of God, we will get back up again. Because there are generations coming after us that need to know the power that this church has. There are families in a Vols parish across that bridge that needs to experience the power that's in this room. We can't afford to lay down now. We can't afford to give up now. I'm claiming to you right now that there will be new ministries out of this church this year. There's going to be new families join this church this year. And they're not just going to join, but they're going to be in ministry. They're not just going to sit on a pew, but they're going to do a work for God. There's going to be new breakthroughs in the spirit this year. I need some people to stand in agreement with me right now. We can't afford to stop teaching it now. We can't afford to stop preaching it now. Come on, somebody ought to shout with expectation that God's about to pour out a double portion of his spirit. Elijah was great, but Elisha's coming. A double portion is coming. Hear me right now. God's about to be, there's about to be a new wind of revival that blows into this place. There's about to be a new harvest of souls that rolls into this house. Here's what happens. This is what will happen if we don't keep pursuing the will of God. Let me warn you. This is what will happen if we throw in the towel now. The book of Judges chapter 2, verse number 7. And the people served the Lord all, all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of God that he did 
for Israel. They lived for God. They were on fire for God. They stood behind Joshua and the elders of Joshua. Verse number 8, And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, he died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that generation that were gathered unto their fathers, everybody died. Now watch what happens. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Israel and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them. And they bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. There was a generation that arose that did not know the works of God. They did not know the miracles of God. They didn't even know Joshua. And they began to serve the gods of the people that were around them. All it takes is one generation to not be given the opportunity to have more. All it takes is for one generation to not be given the opportunity to be in an atmosphere of miracles. All it takes for you to backslide, hear me right now, is to surround yourself with people that do not know the power and the miracles of God. And it was just one generation away from the ones who saw the walls of Jericho fall. It was one generation away from the ones that saw the great victories on the battlefield. We're not talking about a slow drift of generations that have fallen away. No, it was in a single generation. Why am I saying this? I'm wanting to get it in your heart tonight that you can be around all this stuff and it, will, and it could never get inside of you. You could be around all of this. You could be around people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. You could be around shouting services. You can be around people getting delivered and saved and set free, but it could never get inside of you. You could be around all this and not get connected to it. You can come to church and sit on a pew and watch the power of God move and never get plugged into it. You can come to family day and see people get baptized and see people get connected with the body and you yourself could never get connected to it. I can be all around this, but if it doesn't get a hold of me enough to change my actions and change the way I live and change the way I talk and change the way I walk and change the way I serve God, it's not helping me very much. We need to make the collective agreement as a church tonight that on this Vision Cast Sunday that we just need more of Him this year. We need more of Him in our families. We need more of Him in our ministry. We need more of Him in our services. We need more of Him in our communities. Brother Brendan, we need more of him in our youth groups. Sister Jolie, we need more of him in our Sunday school department. Sister Melissa, we need more of him on our praise team. 
because God is getting ready to do some powerful things. Hear me right now. And he needs some people to get on board with what God is wanting to do. I'm trying to hurry. Elijah said, what do you want from me, Elisha? And Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. And that old prophet looked at that young man and he said, you ask a hard thing. It's a hard thing to go further. It's a hard thing to go deeper in God. It's a hard thing to be consecrated and be used by the Holy Ghost. It's not just for anyone, ladies and gentlemen. Going to heaven is a hard thing. And I hate to break it to you because a few of you might think that you can just get the Holy Ghost, get baptized in Jesus' name, and make it to heaven. But if your heart isn't right, you're not going to make it. Many are called, but few are chosen. You've got to walk in the statutes of God. You've got to deny yourself and take up that cross. It's hard to live for God. That's why you couldn't do it by yourself. You had to get the Holy Ghost inside of you to help you. It's hard to grow a church because when you start asking for a double portion of God's anointing and a double portion of God's revival, you will be met with battles. You will be met with pushback. You will be met with spirits that try their best to stop you in your tracks. But that old prophet took that, told that young man, if you stay beside me, It'll happen if you stay beside the man of God in your life. It'll take place if you get behind where God is leading your leadership. Growth is going to come. The mantle of anointing is going to fall down on you. Elijah, the Bible says that Elijah tried three times to get Elisha to stay somewhere else. He said, I'm about to cross over Jordan. You stay right here. I mean, I'm going to go cross over Jordan. Elisha said, you're not leaving without me. Elijah said, I'm about to go over to this city. And, I, and, and, and you know what? You just stay right here. You don't need to go any further. Just stay. I know you're consecrated. I know you're with me. I know you believe me. I'm going to go and you stay. Elisha said over my dead body, Elijah, I'm staying with you because I know there's a double portion of anointing. If I stay beside my leadership, if I stay beside the man of God in my life, if I walk with Jesus, there will be a double portion of anointing regardless of how many times you try to stop in the enemy tries to stop you and the enemy says you stay right here don't go any further you stay you've done enough you've done enough for God you've already had your time don't go any further I tell the devil he's a liar right now you ought to take steps forward regardless of how much you push and church hear me I hate to break it to you CPC doesn't look the way it looked 70 years ago. CPC isn't the same as how it was in the 70s. It's not the same as how it was in the 80s. I'm sorry, but we're not in those times anymore. 
It might not be exactly the way it used to be, but can I remind you that the Holy Ghost has never changed? The power of God has never wavered. Elijah might have passed on, but Elijah, you hear me right now. That older generation might have passed on, but I need this generation to hear me. There's a mantle over you that came from the days of old. It came from the anointing of old, and you're about to do greater things than what they ever saw. You're about to do greater things than they ever saw in that center block building. You're about to do greater things than Brother Belgard ever saw. Because even though Elijah has passed on, a double portion is about to pour out in this season. Let me say it like this. The latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain. If you hold on, God is about to pour out something that you've never seen before. Somebody clap your hands and stand to your feet and give God some praise for what he's about to do. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.